Hello, Fried fans, and welcome to Season 3 of Fried the Burnout Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Donovan, and my mission with Fried is to hashtag end burnout culture. On this pod, we end burnout culture by sharing stories of people who have been through it all and lived to tell the tale, sharing expert tips from the best of the best in the burnout and stress management fields, and sharing hashtag straight from Kate episodes full of my own expertise plus actionable steps to help you end your own burnout cycle starting today. If you're feeling burnt out right now and need more personalized guidance, I'm here for you. In every episode, you'll find a link to book a free breakthrough burnout call. You can find it easily by heading to bit.ly forward slash call Kate or finding the link in the show notes. This free call helps us decide if one-on-one coaching is perfect for you. If it is, we'll get started. If it isn't, I might suggest one of my immediately available online courses, my book, The Bounce Back Ability Factor, or some sessions with a colleague who's better suited to exactly what you need right now. Also, if you happen to be in New York City, I'd love to see you as a patient. I'm a licensed acupuncturist with over 13 years of international experience, and right now my office is located in Midtown Manhattan. I focus on, you guessed it, burnout. I help your body build up a natural stress resilience to fight off all those pesky symptoms that come alongside burnout. You can find all the deets on that at katedonovanacupuncture.com. Hey Fried fans, today we are going to have a Straight From Kate episode about the steps that I took for burnout recovery way in the beginning. So we're going back to basics today. As an acupuncturist, a one-on-one burnout coach, speaker, a podcast host about burnout, and a previously very burnt out person myself, I've had over 30,000 conversations with people who are tired, overwhelmed, frustrated, and wondering if this is what life has to offer. In my own life, I felt like I had been sold a dream that sounded like this. Work really hard, do your best, follow your heart, let your passions guide you, and you'll never feel like you're working a day in your life. Have you ever heard that? The idea if that you love what you do, it'll never feel like work. That idea sent me down a six-year path of being burnt out and unable to admit it. I loved what I did, and if I loved what I did, I shouldn't feel like I did. Tired, angry, and wanting to escape. So I decided to find the part of my life that was wrong, that wasn't working. I searched for it. I did coaching. I added loving-kindness meditations to my trips to the grocery store. I reignited my love for Chinese medicine by attending amazing lectures by some of the best in the field. I added in extra-long, luxurious vacations to Bali, the mountains of India, and China, where my sole focus was on self-growth, healing, up-leveling, and personal development. And I was still burnt out and in denial about it. This wasn't supposed to happen to me. And honestly, I didn't even know what burnout was, so it especially shouldn't happen to me. Then the word burnout started popping up all around me. I read a few articles and with each one, the goosebumps that traveled over my skin got more and more pronounced. The recognition that I was reading about myself in these articles was settling in. So I did what I always do. I dug into loads of research. 
I had access to university libraries at the time, which was really lucky. So I downloaded every piece of research ever done on burnout, and I read them all over the course of about a year. What I learned was disheartening. Burnout belonged in hospitals to doctors and nurses. It belonged in corporations to C-suite execs and high-level managers. Burnout didn't belong in my category, the female entrepreneur. Burnout was meant to be blamed on the company, but I was my own company. So I had to do another round of digging, this one internal, and on a much deeper level than I had ever done before. And this, what I'm going to share with you today, is what I found. And I'm going to jump right into something that might be a little painful to hear, but was true for me and might also be true for you. Burnout when it's not caused by workplace bullying or poor company culture, is related to one underlying element. A feeling of unworthiness. It is impossible to allow fulfilling work to fulfill you if you don't feel worthy of feeling full. I'm going to say that one more time for the people in the back. I want you to absorb this for a second because it doesn't matter how great your work is suited to your life if you don't let yourself absorb the goodness and the impact of what you do. Okay, so are you ready? It is impossible to allow fulfilling work to fulfill you if you don't feel worthy of feeling full. Right? And so it seems obvious that I should have gone to the source of my unworthiness, solved it, and then be done, right? There are plenty of people that claim to be able to do this with you online. I tried them all, and it didn't work for me. So here's what did. Number one, practicing small boundaries. When I say small boundaries, I mean ones that are more of a yes to me than they are a no to other people. Small boundaries have nothing to do with another person. They are grace and generosity that I grant myself. For instance, I started to enjoy showers on purpose. I took longer times. I bought better products. To people that have never been burnt out, this sounds nuts. But I never felt deserving of a slow, luxurious shower. So I rushed through them every day. I didn't do my hair or wear makeup. It was easy to explain that away with being attracted to a more natural lifestyle. But really, I simply didn't think that I deserved that much attention. And if I'm honest, money. Makeup and lotions and things, they're expensive. And I didn't think I deserved to own them. Another small boundary that I was working with, just to give you an example of how small these can really be, was allowing myself to go to the bathroom when I needed to. Again, to the unburnt out there, this is crazy to think about, but allowing yourself the space to pee is a challenge when you think the entire world's needs are more important than your own. I started to really pay attention to when I had to go to the bathroom. And quite often, I started to notice that I had to go 
about an hour or two before I actually went. So I started to shift this pattern. It took a long time and it's something that I still have to pay attention to three years into recovery, but it was an important piece. Number two, I started practicing getting out of other people's knots. Now the knot theory is something that I created myself with the support of a story that I heard from a friend many, many years ago. And the story goes like this. Above all of us, above the earth, covering us all, the universe, I want you to picture that there exists a large net. When I see this net, I always see it as a tan rope, but it can be made up of anything. This net covers everything. And above each and every person, there is one singular knot just above your head. And your job as a human while you're here is to maintain the integrity of your knot. When you settle your attention on another person's knot instead of your own, when you start taking care of other people's stuff instead of your own, you're doing a couple of things that are a little bit dangerous. Number one, you're taking away the other person's ability to maintain the integrity of their own knot, therefore disempowering them. And that's not usually the goal. When you reach out to help somebody, your goal isn't to disempower them, but I bet it's happening more often than you'd like to admit. Number two, you are abandoning your knot and then therefore abandoning yourself. When you leave your knot, to take care of somebody else's stuff, you are abandoning yourself and abandoning your own wants, needs, desires, and preferences. I just said the word abandoning a lot because I want you to hear it. When you do not pay attention to your own wants, needs, desires, and preferences, you are abandoning yourself. Your energy is completely somewhere else. So no wonder you're tired. Of course you're tired. Your energy isn't present in your body because it's busy over with Susie's knot over there, right? That's really important. And number three, you're making it harder for all of the knots that are directly attached to yours to maintain their integrity because you're allowing yours to sag and that means they have extra work to do to keep up. This is the theory that finally allowed me to see that self-care is necessary for the care of the whole and not selfish at all, as I previously viewed it. This is super important. When you abandon yourself, you're harming the people around you too. You deserve to be cared for. You deserve your own attention, but other people also deserve you to have your own attention, if that makes sense. Number three. I did lots and lots and lots of yoga nidra. Before I got into the deeper research about how burnout is affecting the nervous system and the brain, which could be an entire another masterclass, I knew that I felt best after a yoga nidra session. Yoga nidra is also known as sleeping yoga. And while sometimes you fall asleep during it, that's not exactly the point or the goal. If you've ever been to a yoga class where the teacher invited you through a guided relaxation meditation at the end of the class while you were in Shavasana or corpse pose, you've had a taste of yoga nidra. They might have told you to release the tension from your scalp 
or to let the muscles of your jaw relax. They might have guided you to release the knot in your solar plexus just under your ribs and allow your legs to fully melt into the floor below you. This ancient practice is one of the most powerful ways that exists to reteach your nervous system to live at a stress level that is lower than the one you are used to. It's one of the things that absolutely saved me. I found most of my yoga nidras that I used on Insight Timer, which is a free app, which of course there's a paid version of, but either way, you'll have access to some amazing yoga nidra guided meditations that are at your fingertips and can really, really save your body. It's really important. The fourth thing is I started reviewing what was actually important to me because I started noticing that the rules that I was following in the world and in life were not rules that actually mattered to me. I thought I knew what my values were, but when I did an exercise to unveil my core values, what I came up with was different than what I expected. I was living according to values that I had inherited from both my family and my community. The rules and expectations I was following had nothing or very little to do with how I actually wanted to live my life. Getting reacquainted with my own values was eye-opening and now something I revisit to check in with regularly because they change, because I change, because the world changes. My pre-pandemic values are different than my in-pandemic values because the world requires that we shift sometimes. It is so much easier to make both life and business decisions when you're clear on your values. On my website, you'll find a free download that will help you find your true values and state them in an action-based way that makes attaining them actually tangible. It's an extremely powerful exercise that I highly, highly recommend you do and revisit at least once a year, if not more. Now there's more to the story of my own burnout recovery because it happened over years. But the information I want you to leave with today is this. Instead of working on direct feelings of worthiness, I started by allowing myself to attend to my very, very basic needs and then getting myself out of the responsibility of caring for the entire world before myself. Slowly, and I mean a slowly, it took me two to three years, my feelings of worthiness started to build as a natural side effect of simply acknowledging my needs and allowing myself to meet them. One more time. My feelings of worthiness started to naturally build as a result of simply acknowledging my needs and allowing myself to meet them. I began very, very small and I've since learned that this allows you to sort of trick yourself into allowing it to happen because each change is so small that your body, brain, and nervous system don't put up any fight for it. They just allow it to happen. So it needs to be small enough that it will make an impact, but not so big that it creates a reaction in your nervous system. 
I didn't go away on a retreat and expect it to be resolved when I came back. But I mean, actually, I did do that a few times, but it didn't work. So I had to figure out another way. Retreats and big, big, massive changes can be really jarring for a burnt out nervous system. So if you've tried that before and it hasn't worked, go small, smaller than that. Whatever you just thought of, smaller than that. Go real, real small. Start with allowing yourself to pee when you have to. That's what I had to do. Recovering from burnout should be slow, gentle, and kind. It is built of pebbles and stones instead of bricks and cement blocks. It is built of tiny moments of self-love and care and attention in between hours and days and weeks of self-doubt and questioning your value and your worthiness. It is constantly reminding yourself what is your not and what isn't. It is checking in with your values over and over again and allowing yourself to make aligned decisions. It is saying more yes to yourself, so much so that you don't automatically say yes to everyone else around you when they have a need that pops up. It is allowing space and time for your nervous system and brain to rest, to heal, and to reset at a lower level of functioning to allow yourself to go at your own internal speed limit instead of putting the pedal to the metal at all times. If I've learned anything over the past three years, it's this. Burnout is a situation that can be resolved. It is a moment in your life. For me, it was a really big moment between how long I was burnt out and the amount of time it took me to recover. It covers about a decade of my life. And you can say, oh my God, a whole decade. Or you can say, oh, just a decade. That's a perspective shift that might need to be put into place in the moment. But more importantly, recovery is possible no matter how far down the burnout road you are, no matter how many times you've thought you've gotten to a point where you were almost not burnt out anymore, only to find yourself in the same patterns again. The goal here is slow and steady. And it's all very, very possible and doable. I know it can happen because I've seen it over and over and over again. And I fully trust and believe in your ability to use your resources and trust yourself enough again to get to the place where you feel safe and healed. Thanks so much for being here today. I hope this was inspiring for you. And I can't wait to hear your story of healing.